the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 76. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am good. I am good. We, uh, yeah, I'm good. I've been up since five and it's just been one of those mornings that I have, I've gotten a lot of shit done in the last, uh, four hours. Wow. So. You had a good productive yeah. early morning hours. That's how it always feels good. Yeah. I know I was scheduling with something with Natalie, um, on the, you know, we're trying to get a date on the calendar and she's like, can you do seven o'clock on the whatever? Can you do, we've been doing these zoom calls. I was like, oh, no, I have a 7 o'clock um, with Amanda in Ireland that day. Oh, no, I have a 7 o'clock interview with something. She's like, what, do you, what what's going on with you? <laughs> I'm like, those are like the magic hours. That's like when I can get things done, you know, early, <laughs> which just never used to be my life. Ever. Oh, I know. I know. And I mean, some mornings I get up and read for a really long time. And I read every morning. That's uh, kind of how I ease into the morning. But um yeah, this morning I didn't read for very long and it was mostly chores, but still I got a lot of stuff done this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, I, I just like the difference. It's like my, again, I'm just harnessing when I, when I realized that I did my best work in the morning or I did more work or I was more focused. Um, but yeah, by between 12 and noon, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, between noon and two, I'm waning. Mm-hmm. But after two, I'm done. I'm like, forget it. If anything, like writing or, yeah, making, I don't feel like doing it after two, usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could get a late mm-hmm. night surge, but that's unusual. Right. That's unusual. Um, we had a bunch of technical difficulties with recording this podcast. We um, did. With our guests that we're going to share in a little bit. And, I mean, she saved the day because she recorded the podcast, too. Yeah. Which, I mean, we were just so lucky. <laughs> right. That's crazy. That's not ever happened. No. Uh, where neither of us had, it was just the fr- first half of it, or yeah. I don't know, the first well, third of it. But I recorded yeah. two whole minutes. Um, that's what I recorded on my end. And then we caught it around, yeah, halfway through and then started recording again. But that was, um, yeah, she totally saved the day for us. So I totally appreciate that. Um, but I was feeling funky and off yesterday, and I couldn't kind of figure out why, Sandra. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I told Steve, I said, I'm, my whole body is tense. And I thought, oh, maybe it's from ceramics and from working on the wheel and my hands. Because it was every part of me. Every part mm-hmm. of me was tense. Even my feet. So it was like, no, it couldn't be the wheel. because. And I was laying in bed just breathing, and I was trying to sleep, and I couldn't. And, I, and it had been, I'd been feeling like this for about two days. And so I start going through all the things that you do and you get the oils and you get the, um, you know, then I start intentionally breathing and I'm thinking, I don't think I took my high blood pressure medication today. So I get up, (sighs) I hadn't taken it for two days. 
Oh. So the the tightness or the tenseness in my tenseness in my body, it wasn't from like a workout tenseness, like I said, or the wheel. It was like it was like inside, like in my blood. It was like I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't unclench my whole body, which was my blood vessels, I'm sure. You know? Wow. And so I took my medication. I told Steve in case anything weird happened. He was like, You forgot to take it. I'm like, I did. I just have been going in the mornings. And the last two mornings haven't been really my regular routine because I was busy with calls and recording and doing things. I am such a creature of habit, Sandra, that I have to do my like face tea supplements and then I could do whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I have something else going, I just like kind of quickly get in and out of the bathroom and grab some tea and run. Like I don't go to the cupboard where my supplements are. So that's why I was a little off yesterday. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Uh, Wow. Yeah. My, I don't, I don't take any medication, but, but my husband takes uh, blood pressure. He has blood pressure issues and it's hereditary. Um, you can be the healthiest of healthy and he, he works out and he eats really well. And I know you eat really well, but yeah, it's, um, when he misses his or his prescription runs out and forgets to refill it or whatever he yeah he feels very off yeah it was it was yeah it was really crazy so I'm much better this morning and um, I got a really fun email last night I want to share with you what I got it from she recovers Uh from Peyton who is the director um, of retreats and all the event operations like she is amazing no I have gotten emails from her she is so responsive and so fast Mm -hmm. and everything so she sent an email to me and my workshop partner Shelly Rickenbach and she told us that our we have the highest number of attendees for our workshop So they have decided to move us up to the top floor of the Beverly Hilton in the Stardust Room. Oh, well, only fabulous things can happen in the Stardust Room. (laughs) I was so giddy. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Um, So it's a a larger, more spacious spot, she said. And so I, I think we were contemplating, like, you know, filling the room more. But I only made 150 journals for everybody. Oh. So she's uh-huh. like, Dawn reminded her and she's like, oh, shoot. Okay, we'll leave it where it's at. We'll leave it at the numbers that you have right now. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I had made more. <laughs> oh, so man. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really that excited. That is exciting. Yeah. So that's what when this airs, She Recovers will have just happened. It'll be over. Right. So we'll yep. talk about how it all went on in a future episode, but um, mm-hmm. you're coming. Have you found I mean, a suitcase? I need to go get a suitcase. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I um, I have not shopped or packed, you know, none of that. I've done none of that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I have to figure out something for the gala. That's on my to-do list this weekend. I am <laughs> making my dress, of course. And uh, so it's all sort of put together, and I just have to stitch it up. You just gave me goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Of, of course, course you're making your outfit. Making my own dress. I, I know, it. right? I can't that would be wait. silly. And we're going to be roommates. It's going to be me, you, and Natalie. Oh. And we're probably not going to have any fun at all. And, no. Right. It's going to be a very serious weekend. <laughs> I'm going to laugh so hard. I just know I'm going to have the best time. I'm going to have the best time. 
I mean, it is so yeah. fun when we all get together. It really is. And I just am really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to meeting all the Unruffleds. Me too. I'm so excited about that. That was going to be my biggest source of FOMO is not getting to meet mm. some of our listeners. Ugh, yeah. I cannot wait for that. Well, hopefully by the time this has happened, we've met everyone and that's all great. But I'm going to do a call um, out on the Facebook page. I was hoping we could try to find a, you know, a, a meeting spot or something or um, because we don't I don't have anybody's numbers. You know what I mean? Like, how to no, right, right. But I think that's a great idea. We so. could meet, I don't know, in the lobby or go get tea or coffee or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do that. But but by the time this airs, like I said, it will have already happened. Um, and Sandra, you and I chatted about doing some little videos while we're there. Yeah. Yeah. And doing it. instead of putting them on Facebook, which, um, you know, which is a thing that I've done in the past, but it gets um, it gets like, I don't know, it gets me excited to think like we could do this for our Patreon patrons like to do like a little perk for them we haven't had any perks for them that everybody who has been supporting the show we have 67 patrons which thank you very much thank you thank you so amazing yeah and we just thought we could do little behind the scenes videos of like what we're wearing to the gala or what you know if we have another popcorn tea party in our room you know maybe we'll take a video of that of course with everyone's consent but just kind of do something like while we're there you know, if there's any cabana boys or anything by the pool, like maybe we need a little video of that. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, nothing exactly. to hurt anybody. You know, just some fun. Just some fun stuff. Just some fun. We've been brainstorming about perks for our pa- Patreon patrons. Yeah. Hard to say. And yeah, I think this is going to be a fun first perk. Yeah. So we will post those probably by the time this airs, they should be up there because I'd like to do it over the weekend. Um, But if they're not there today, they will be there very soon. So if you'd like to support the show, I know we do a little bumper ad in the middle of every show. You can just go to the patreon.com or no, patreon.com backslash Mm -hmm. the unruffled podcast. That's it. Oh, that's it. And, um, before we introduce- what else anything to promote yeah yeah before we introduce nikki i wanted to just promote i'm doing a women's circle again with natalie fairbrook and our guest today nikki hale and that's going to be on october 20th and it's going to be in santa rosa at soul yoga from 11 to 4 30 and to register for the event or find out more information you can um, go to natalie's website which is nataliefairbrook.com and it's under events there and me and Nikki, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the interview, but um, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great fall kind of ceremonial ritual, uh, coming back to yourself type of exercises and an art project, a little mini pocket altar project. So it should be good. It should yeah, be good. that sounds fun. What about you? Do you have stuff in your marketplace? Oh, or? I, yes. When this airs, I should have a semi-stocked marketplace. I'm working on dresses. So think like holiday uh, party dresses, yeah. that kind of thing. Glamorous, glam, glammy dresses. Ooh, great. Um, I know, I know. Uh, and probably some more kimonos that will be up as well, but. Very cool. Well, you um, you are no stranger to the sequins or to the shiny or to the silky. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's your that's your playground right there. Oh yeah, I love 
me some sequins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to see your dress. Now I'm really excited. Um, th- so I just ordered yesterday. And by the time this airs again, it should be stocked in my um, marketplace. But I ordered 200 books that I had made of my gratitude guide. And before I had made, um, you know, it did the best I could with an ebook. And then I did the best I could at Kinko's with making little pamphlet style books. But this is through Blurb. It has an ISBN number on the back, so it feels all official. It's mm-hmm. 8 by 10 um, has a really beautiful cover. And our friend Caitlin, who does the music for our show, she helped me figure out how to do it with them, um, with all the dimensions and things. And I ordered 200, which is like a big order. So we'll see what happens. So that'll be in my marketplace, too. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, um, let's, shall we get into chatting about yeah, Nikki? Um, yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners how you know Nikki? Yeah, I met Nikki at a sober gathering um, and one that she put together. And it was a tea and like journaling afternoon at a Japanese tea house. Um, gosh, it's about an hour away from me, Berkeley area. And um, it was great. It was so great. And I knew a couple of the ladies. Ashley um, Nichols was there, who's been on our podcast. I sat next to her. But we just had tea and were drawing in our journals and chatting. And it was just lovely. Super lovely. And um, I just thought she would be great to come on the show, especially since we were working with her on The Circle. And so I wanted to tell our listeners a little bit about her to kick it off. Um, She is Nikki Hale is a barn raiser a torchbearer, and a space holder. She is Bay Area, born and bred, living in West Oakland with her husband, two fluffy cat brothers, and two ridiculous dogs. She runs Stars Align Body Work, providing nourishing, trauma-informed massage therapy for all bodies. When Nikki's not figuring out how to run a small business on the fly, she creates through a wide variety of outlets, jewelry, leather craft, blending herbal teas, watercolors, hand lettering, body care products, cooking, writing, gardening, sewing, embroidery, dancing, and creating and facilitating facilitating groups, ultimately looking to transform everything that crosses her path. Her past lives include teaching swim lessons, events, and summer camp medic, running a kindergarten after-school program, coordinating parties and events, and women's work facilitator. The threads that weave all of her endeavors together to connect, teach, create, and help. She does a little bit of everything, so we're mm-hmm. going to get into that on the pod, too. And if you want to learn more about her or see her really beautiful website, you can find her at starsalignbodywork.com, and you can sign up for her newsletter there. She's kind of a big fan of the newsletter right now, as so am I, and Sandra, you have a newsletter, too. Mm-hmm. It's been an important way to kind of connect with your people. And yeah, I like I like putting my newsletter together. I have to say, um, I don't do it every week, but um, I do I do love I do love sending those out. Yeah. So for Nikki's newsletter, you can find it on her website. Same with Sandra and myself, and it's been fun. I respond to anybody that writes me back on that newsletter, so um, it's kind of a fun way to stay connected. And uh, and Nikki, you can also find Nikki on Instagram at Stars Align. Um, body work as well so yeah i hope you guys enjoy her and sandra um it's gonna i I, is it that i have just seen you 
Why would you you will it? have just seen me. I miss you, you already. I just miss <laughs> you already. That feels weird to say. <laughs> All right. Enjoy. Nikki, everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Tell our listeners where you're um, good morning us from. I'm good morning you from West Oakland um, in my craft cave down in the basement level of my big house. um, Looking out the window at the fog, the gray day. Yeah, it's summer in Northern California, right? It's gray. (laughs) It's foggy. It's gray. That's our summer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So... We are going to chat with you today about many, many things because you are a, a, a super creative, oh, um, multi, a multi-passionate uh, person, and you have, lots, you have lots of titles, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kick off the show, we were just going to share with our listeners who uh, don't know you, um, maybe how you came to the decision to quit drinking and, and maybe what that looked like for you. Yeah, um... It's funny. Uh, I think everybody's sobriety story starts with the the drinking habit, um, which, you know, is kind of the first phase, this uh, youthful, um, kind of rebellious um, teenager drinking, um, which I look back at now as obviously coping um, and a survival strategy for dealing with my childhood and my own, you know, history around trauma and things. But at the time, it's, it was kind of normal. I'm using air quotes. You know, it, it felt very regular. Um, and then it got just more and more common in my 20s. Um, I had a big group of friends that did Burning Man every year. And there was this culture around partying that just, it was all the time. Um, and so these red flags started to to pop up and... Sometimes I would listen to them. Sometimes I would ignore them. Sometimes I would quiet them with more drinking. Um, but I, I think eight or nine years ago, I got a phone call from um, someone I, I refer to as my lighthouse. Uh, she's like my twin flame. And mm-hmm. she told me she couldn't come to Burning Man with me, even though we talked about it for years to this plan to go together, uh, because she'd quit drinking. And my first thought was like, shit, I'm going to have to do that someday. And that's it came it came to you right then. Oh, yeah. And it just in this phone call, it was like, okay, she's she's leading the way. Are you a person that used to compare your drinking to other people's drinking, Um, especially close friends? Oh, yeah. It was it was like, I'm not the only one. You would gauge how well you how well or not well you were. Yeah, I think so. I think just the kind of nervous energy around, am I too much? Uh, am I an outlier? And if I felt like I was part of something with other people engaging in the same way, then it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and she and I had a long history of of partying together. And so it was this, this like little, the crack had formed. And she led the way and that voice kind of just grew louder and louder. Um, you know, and how bad are you going to let it get? What are you waiting for? Um, how long ago was this, Nikki? Remind me again. That phone call was eight or nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then about three or four years ago, that's kind of when the voice was the loudest. Um, like there was just so much coping happening 
that it it wasn't this like fun celebratory thing. Uh, it it turned into a crutch. It turned into um, decompressing, right? Relaxing, which is all coded. Mm-hmm. It's code for you know trying to deal. Yeah. And so three or four years ago, there's there was kind of these shifts internally and and seeing like okay, this is not working, this is not working, this is not working, what do you do? So like experimental sobriety. Um, I'm drying out tonight, or I'm going to do sober January. Um, And then I posted on Facebook in 2015, just to my friends. Um, I just was like, what if we all did something (laughs) that that wasn't a party? What do you guys think about that? What if we all mm-hmm. got together and did something other than drink? Um, because we were really good at like the blowout weekends, which were happening monthly for you know any reason to celebrate. And the response yeah. was kind of impressive. I had like thirty people just say like yes, please. And um, so it, it kind of like made it okay for me to keep pursuing it. Um, and I I started this secret Facebook group with those. 30 or so friends and it kind of rippled outwards and turned into this women's group um, where the idea was that we were just decentralizing alcohol. We weren't necessarily a sober group. Um, we were just kind of more committed to a, a more nurturing kind of wellness idea, but without like wine at every single thing. <laughs> So I hosted like fire pits in my backyard and we we had tea together, clothing swaps, and we just didn't have booze around. Um, and that was kind of this big like shift for me, like, oh, it's okay, I can still have friends and I can still do things without alcohol. Um, so you were really cool into that... <clears throat> Oh, go ahead. No, no, you, Sandra. I was just going to say that that's cool that your friends were on board for that. Well, I had a few... Um, I, I call them lighthouses. I had a few folks who were leading the way already, and I made sure to reach out to them and check in with them and, and say, you know, I'm really curious about your path. Um, and it, it, it definitely helped cement it within me as a possibility. Mm. Um, yeah. I love that. It's like you were, you were you were intentional about what you wanted to do. You listen to that voice inside of you, which well, a lot of us push down for so long, right? I did push it down. I, it was really, uh, you know, it was a good 10 years of, mm-hmm. uh, I'll call it dangerous drinking, where there was just this element of like, wow, it could, that was close. Like mm-hmm. that was, that was not good. And that's a pain shame spiral. And that place was so uncomfortable that. You know, what do you do to get away from that? You drink again. Yeah. So I just, it was just kind of this soft bottom of like, how how bad am I going to let it get? Well, maybe not worse than this. Maybe there's something else right now. How old are you, Nikki? <laughs> I just turned 32. Oh, oh my gosh. And such awareness mm-hmm. around that. I yeah. have lived uh, many lives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here before. Yeah. I'm ancient. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that I, I think about how long it took me to figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. and you're and for me, again, it was a good nine years, like, kind of like what you said, like, I, I knew I had a knowing. Yeah. And then it just took me a really long time to listen to it. Yeah. And to do something about it. And it's like this drawn out bottom, which, 
you know, in hindsight, I'm really mm -hmm. thankful for because some people have really abrupt, startling, suddenly bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's or the, the bottom the just keeps dropping. You know, oh, yeah, you, yeah. you think it, you think you're at the bottom, but then it, you figure out it go, can go lower mm -hmm. and lower yeah. and lower. <laughs> yeah, and I just yeah. decided that the bottom was when I stopped digging. Right. Yeah. So, what is your sobriety date, or do 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 you use a date, or um, I do. Uh, I definitely have quit that on my app. Oh <laughs> yes, I'm a I'm a day tracker for sure. Um, but like after these experiments started, I did 30 days here and there. I did a 60 day stint, which included a Christmas and a New Year's. And I knew that if I could do New Year's sober yeah. after, after, you know, 10 years of it being such a big drinking thing, uh, I could do anything. Um, yeah. and so let's see. Oh, we had election night, which was a rough drinking evening. And yeah. I, the month after the election, there was like this huge shift where I needed, I knew that I needed to be sober or I would be coping and it would, it might kill me. Um, mm. So December 27th, 2016 was my last drink and I drank it and I took a picture of it and I started my sobriety journal and I, I have this body memory of being like kind of disgusted and I mm -hmm. hold that body memory, like, that's a tool that I have. Like, ugh. So you can, so you can tap into that. Oh, yeah. You... It's really strange, yeah. but it worked for me. Um, <laughs> December 27th, 2016. So I'm a year and a, and a bit, year and a half. <sighs> and and did you think sobriety was going to be boring or you had already dabbled enough to know that you could make it how you wanted to make it? Yeah, that's a really good um good question because I've been thinking a lot about the word fun yeah <laughs> right and Loaded, how right? yeah and how much on a pedestal I had it like everything had to be fun like and what was fun fun was kind of big and and loud and and a lot and and all this energy and like what is fun now fun is like this gentler place um so I thought that I was going to be losing fun, but it's just changed for me. Um, and I knew that it wasn't going to be boring because I had my lighthouses to look to. I knew that their lives were good, and that was what I wanted. I wanted good. Oh, I think everybody needs a lighthouse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have one. Um, mm. But that was okay, too, because, you know, you're just kind of just figuring it out. You're just yeah. figuring it out. But I like that. That's a beautiful way to look at it. It sounds like you have a lot of lighthouses now. I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But, yeah, I remember in the beginning just um, – well, that's not true. I mean, yeah, I did have um, – when I found Laura McCowan online yeah. um, and an, another gal um, – who, who I will keep anonymous, but the, there was a couple of ladies that I was following that I was like, huh, yeah, what are they doing? Exactly. <laughs> What's going on with them? Yeah, they <laughs> left a trail of breadcrumbs, and I just yeah. tried to follow it. And the, I mean, you kind of reminded me that, that before my last drink, I was kind of seeking how to do it. And I, I looked up on Google how to stop drinking without AA. And hip uh -huh. sobriety popped up, and I poured over every single word. I just I stayed up, and I I read every single word, and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm I feel like I can do this. Mm -hmm. Same, 
Yeah, when I found when I found uh, Holly um, from Hip Sobriety. I did the same. Yeah. I just recommended her to a friend um, that's just starting this journey. And I was like, this is going to keep you busy for a while. Exactly. <laughs> so go was ahead, so- go mm-hmm. here, start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, there was enough there to keep my keep my interest going. Yeah. Because she, she just wrote a lot. Yeah. Did you do her hip sobriety school? I did not. I, yeah, um, okay. I kind of hermited. I hunkered down. My first year was very um, not isolated. Well, yeah, isolating. I said no mm-hmm. to a lot. Um, and I kind of lived in this secrecy almost. And I see now that that was the work I needed to do because really what I was afraid of was being with myself. Um, that the drinking years were spent like being distracted by social endeavors and people and things and events and going out. And, and my work was really to just sit with myself and be okay with that. And so I, I did that unknowingly. Um, at the time I was just kind of like too raw and it was just like, (laughs) you know, everything was prickly and it was a little fragile, but I was, I was learning how to be with myself. It's such a beautiful time, right? I mean, looking back on it when you're in it and and for people who are listening that are at the beginning of their journey, it's like, Mm. I know they're probably listening going, oh yeah, the utopia, sure. But (laughs) it's coming, I swear. (laughs) It is coming. And even when it like, even when it's hard, like I had a really incredibly hard day yesterday and, but it's, I, I numbed out with like going to the movies to see crazy rich Asians. Like I didn't go numb out with uh, a bottle of wine. Yeah. So you can still, you still get the emotions. You still need to kind of figure out how you're going to, what the medicine will be, but it will no longer be alcohol. Yeah. Oh, there's still avoidant behaviors for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. But I like I like that you that you went down that path. Now, if you didn't do you said you didn't do AA, um how did you did you find community or was that later or did you create community or what did how did you fill yourself up with um with you know someone seeing you? Yeah, I well this Facebook group definitely served me in that way in a in in a small way because uh, it wasn't really where I shared like my drinking story, but it was where I felt um, safe to go because it was a women's group and and the agreements were kind of like this is a place for people to share their their truths and be seen and supported. Um, and I had my lighthouses that I would reach out to and text. And the fifth week of my uh, sobriety I started massage school (laughs) yeah so I really I didn't know that's when you started it okay yeah Yeah, let's talk about that I shifted careers and um I was receiving practice body work two or three times a week while I was getting sober and I cannot stress like how big that uh, was for me at that time. It was a grounding practice. I had to show up at school. I had to have all my notes and my studying. I had to sit in a classroom. It gave me the distraction and the community without all of this focus on, you know, your drinking story, which is I wasn't ready to really share yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's an important point. You just had, yeah, you just had something to place your attention on yeah that distraction definitely Mm -hmm. served me and 
I did all 500 hours at massage school um, on time. I didn't miss a single minute. I didn't have to make up at all. And if I was drinking, I would have called in sick. I would have been late. I would have missed some of the school. I've, I've never done that before in my life. I showed up for every single hour of the 500 hours. Wow. On time. I, I didn't jinx it. I wasn't telling anybody that I was doing it. But towards the end, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cross the finish line. Oh, my God. One of the worst massage experiences I've ever had in my life was when I was just a, a really um, – uh, what do you, deep massage mm. uh, when I was hung over <laughs> and I was so Man, incredibly miserable yep. for like 24 hours. Oh. It was, it was the worst. I couldn't get off the couch because every time I moved, I felt like I was just going to vomit. Oh, it was no. awful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, I can see how that would have been like, you would have probably high-fiving yourself oh, yeah. every day for showing up. Absolutely. Clear and sober and yeah, not nauseous. Not yeah, exactly. I was fully present and aware, which meant that I gave better work. I was able to be there um, and give feedback to my classmates. And it just, it worked out really, really, really well for me to receive body yeah. work so consistently. Right. Can you share with our listeners and with us as well? Because I don't know a whole the, the phrase that you use um, is the trauma-informed massage therapy mm. can you share with our listeners about that yeah the phrase trauma-informed uh, came to me years ago when I was um, running this kindergarten after-school program in Oakland um, and that basically just means that you're taking into account that everybody has or might have a trauma history and so anything you can do to kind of avoid triggering someone or activating someone um, and keeping people's uh, nervous system feeling safe. So in kindergarten classroom, that looks like playing games that don't send kids to jail if they get out because uh. we have incarcerated parents at the school, right? So that doesn't feel fun or good. Um, and then kind of moving that into the massage world and bodywork world, it means that a person's sense of safety is the priority, um, their nervous system staying regulated and calm is my priority, not the musculoskeletal release. Um, mm -hmm. Because those things are easier to obtain when a body is um, relaxed and in a sense of safety. So... My massages prioritize the nervous system, um, at, and it's a spectrum. So if someone comes to me looking for a very trauma-informed session, it means that I'm talking the whole time. Um, it means I ask for consent before I move my hands. It means we're checking in and regulating each other. It means that um, they might have to sit up and look around the room to bring their, um, their activated state back down. Um, hmm. And then kind of on the other side of the spectrum are just what you, someone might refer to as a normal massage or regular massage. I still ask for consent before I touch someone. I transition in ways that don't startle the body. Um, you know, there's like there's a, yeah. these little things that are more subtle um, during a, quote, normal massage. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That Thank you. That helps me. Yeah. Um, no, and I've had all kinds of. You know, different massages and, and um, 
that's great to know. That's really helpful. When um, I was at She Recovers in May of 2017, mm-hmm. I took a... I might, I might just be lying to you. Um, <laughs> Do it. Give me the lie. Give it to me. It was, she recovers in San Francisco. They did a sacred pause Saturday and Taryn Strong did a trauma informed mm. um, yoga session. Yay. And she had mentioned about how she doesn't touch anyone mm-hmm. during a yoga class mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, and it was a large group. It was a hundred people. And so she said um, part of what, what for her, what her work was, was, um, was not to touch anybody because of trauma or prior trauma. And she doesn't know what people's, um, you know, what they're, what they've been through. Yeah. And so it was more talking and kind of tapping into it and talking about the generations, um, that came before us. And, um, so that's why I was curious to ask you because with massage, I was thinking, well, you would have to touch, you would have to, yeah. um, but yeah, consent is a big thing. Like that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and a lot of people maybe don't realize what it is like to say yes to someone when you go and you pay them to touch you. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's this kind of power differential that I have to tap into and, and, and remember that they're, they're in charge of their bodies and to have that autonomy and the chance to say, no, I don't like that. Or that's too much. Like that is so important. I did some um, response body work after the fires in the North Bay Um, where I went up and I served some of the evacuees and the firefighters. And there was this little boy, maybe 10 years old, who came and asked for a massage. And I told him to go get his grown-up to come and sign in for him. And I gave him all this language around, um, you know, telling me what was okay and if he liked it or if he wanted more of this or less of this or to stop. And he he went through the whole speech while I was... um, rubbing his shoulders and it was so cool to hear him feel so empowered you could sense it he was like I'm done with that please (laughs) I'm gonna go (laughs) yeah and it was like okay I just gave him these tools and now he's gonna go out and and maybe feel a little stronger about saying no or stop to someone else and it was really neat yeah so that's kind of that's the work that I really enjoy doing is empowerment means recognizing the power in others not giving them the power Mm-hmm. That's good. Like that. Um, so I notice on your Instagram bio that you use a word that I love, and I think Sandra would would like to um, creatrix. Mm-hmm. Can you share with our listeners um, what that means or what it means to you? Yeah, um, I do not recall where I found it or saw it. It was just I pulled it out of the ether, um, and it's my rebellious. Uh, claiming of the of artist basically Um, because artist is really loaded and it has a lot of baggage there that I'm still sifting through and so it was a way for me to honor what I do um, and not diminish it because my tendency in the past has been to say oh I dabble you know oh I'm a Jill of all trades I do I do many things I'm a maker I'm a hobbyist It, it all kind of had this minimizing effect Mm-hmm. And so it's my way of really honoring what I can do and what I do do, do do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and really, like artists, there's a little edge there where people, you know, people have different um, definitions of art and you come up against other people's uh, working definitions of the word. But like creatrix means creator. It's like a femme version of creator. And... 
you know, you can't really deny that. I create all kinds of things. I'm like, I'm creating all the time. Um, and it really doesn't necessarily mean in an artistic way. Like, creating can be, uh, you create the garden, you create the dish, you create the outfit, you create the event, you create the group, you create a podcast, like, you know, it doesn't really you hem do you know. in. Yeah, you do know. <laughs> right. And, and it, it kind of, op- it's a wider, wider label. And I liked that, like, there's, there's a lot of movement there for me to change my mind and to, and to switch gears and to do something else and not feel boxed in by the word art. Yeah, art is a loaded word for sure. It just feels lofty and that it should have some kind of degree attached to it or, you know, worthiness for sure. Yeah, I was Who am pick- I to call myself that? I was picking up this piece of furniture off Craigslist and this gentleman, it's like a hutch that goes on my desk. And I told him, yeah, it's going to hold all my art supplies. And he went, oh, are you an artist? And kind of trembling, I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, do you show? And I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm just in my basement, like making things for no one but myself. <laughs> my cats? Yeah. Yes. So I was like, I am. Furry audience members. <laughs> love my work (laughs) it was messy so I'm a creatrix and he he would say what's that and I'd be like you're none of your business (laughs) (laughs) I love it yeah I have a hard time saying artist because I think like most people who are creative like we do many many things yeah and to quote unquote it you know like to to just really be that I am and I think I think I'm sifting through all that too Nikki like what that means um what that includes, uh, Sandra and I've had conversations before and, um, about the term maker, Mm. which I really like as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just, we do many things and creating, you know, like, like, well, last week, Nikki was at my house last week, um, Sandra, and she was create, she created this beautiful non-alcoholic bar to celebrate Natalie's three year. Mm. And, um, she brought all the beautiful fixings for shrubs and you could just tell like the way she set up the whole thing. I was like, yeah, she's done this before. Well, she, you're she a created. hostess too, Tammy. You're, a hostess knows a hostess, right? That's that's right. That's I saw creating. you. I saw you. <laughs> I saw you and raised you some ice tongs. That's I, right. Even though I couldn't find them, I couldn't find them. I was like, Tammy, you have two ice buckets. I know you had a third somewhere. That's proof. That's proof of hostessing in the garage. In there the garage. you go. Right. Yeah. No, it was funny because I was when Nikki walks in and she's going to make these shrubs, Sandra. She was like, "So, do you have highball glasses?" I'm like, "No longer." I can no longer own. Sorry, um, uh, I'll make do. Find things from the bar. It was like I hadn't touched those glasses in the bar, Nikki, in uh, years. That's my husband's domain. Like yeah. I don't, I don't even go in there. Yeah. So it was. Um, but when you set it all up and you had the shrubs for us, which were so delicious, thank you mm. very much. I'm doing that from now on. Like, why have I been drinking just fizzy water <laughs> at, at events? Whatever it why takes. Not- that's why. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Well, what exactly so, is it? What what defines a shrub? Oh, we're getting into my toolbox here, ladies. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait. It. Well, then you're gonna have to define oh, shrub I because I have definitely down. boiled down many, you know, chunks of ginger and whatnot. You're and, already there. You, and, yep, you got it. But I guess I just uh, shrub is like a, is a new word to me. I, I've, I've seen it a couple of times, but have not Googled the definition. I will tell you the tale. 
Okay. It's awesome. I feel like like it, um, it opened me back up to having some fun with Mm. some drinks. So yeah. Thank you. There's that word again. Yep. Fun. There's a new version. version. I mean, we did have fun last Friday. Didn't we? That was just fun with some sober ladies and a little lunch and Mm -hmm. some good times. Yeah. And every time a group of sober ladies get together, there is no more of that shallow weather bullshit. It's just get straight (laughs) into the meat, straight into the good stuff. Yes. Like trauma history, childhood, mothers, (laughs) like, woo, juicy. Yeah, and it's not, and it's all very kind of matter of fact, right? It's all, and it's very, um, I don't know, it's just received and heard. Like it's not unusual to just go deep right away. Right away. Yep. Yeah, right away. Um, so let's see. I wanted to chat a little bit um, about you. You have recently taken um, a little social media break that inspired me to take a social media break. You and a couple of other gals. And you went from August 1st to August 31st, and you were very intentional about it. Yes, ma'am. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners or why you did that or what, what prom- you know, prompted uh, you? Well, I like my sobriety story is because the voice got louder and louder because booze was kind of seeping out into all areas of my life. Uh, And that's what I noticed social media doing, that it just became ubiquitous. It became um, this filler. Um, So all the pauses in my life were filled with scrolling. And it sounds very dramatic, but really, I think a lot of us have that. Like, it's this habit to pull out and um, to put our attention on something when we're waiting, when we're bored, when we're tired, instead of kind of sitting with those feelings, we we look at the thing. Um, and I was noticing so much of that. Um, and this conversation had been happening inside for, I don't know, maybe a year. Um, you know, all the headlines about how Facebook wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a good company. It's kind of like, well, no, of course not. Like, we're being manipulated um, very clearly. And we think we're, we're getting something out of it that we're seeking, which is this connection, but it's not really what we're seeking. It's, I think that's why we get really attached because we keep looking for it there and it's not there. Um, so again, it was kind of this experimental sobriety, these 30 day stints. I was like, well, let's do 30 days, 31, uh, without, the apps without the scroll and something came to a head for me at the end of July. It might've been because of my birthday, Um, (laughs) something about birthdays, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something about birthdays. I spent my birthday under the full moon coinciding at Esalen in the tubs at the night bathing between one and 3 AM. That's right. It was just a, friggin dream i cannot explain what happened that night um that's that's in big sur for our listeners that don't know where that's at oh, yeah. big sur no on idea. the california coast and it's a it's a, it's where god lives i think or, I, or the she divine. is yeah. there for sure yeah. <laughs> and i was there with her and uh. it just like it just was this magical evening dream state um, 1 to 3 a.m. In, in the bright moonlight. I've never experienced so much moonlight on my skin for two straight hours. And two days later, I quit social media. So there mm-hmm. was this coinciding of like, 
let's keep digging. If I can quit drinking and there's all this juicy stuff beyond that, like what's what's beyond this? Um, I think it was Meadow DeVore on Spiritualish who said something. If you want to know why you do something, quit doing it. Ah, if you want to know why you're doing it, stop. (laughs) So I stopped and I learned that I was looking for something that wasn't there. And it was really uncomfortable for the first week because I was tuning into the physical habit of the the phone and the scroll. And then all of a sudden things opened up. There was just all Mm -hmm. this like spaciousness and I could just sit and be content in thinking and There was so much input previously where it was just constant absorption and it was like this one-way valve into me. And then without it, I could digest information. I could integrate information. I could compare it with previous information. I could decide what I wanted to keep and hold as my own truth and I could decide what I wanted to discard. There was all this time to like, you know, integrate things. And I couldn't do that if I was just absorbing constantly and so at the end of my 31 days I was really kind of torn I was like well this has been so nice (laughs) just Mm -hmm. and I was finding what I was looking for in other smaller ways including starting a newsletter which has been just beautiful people are responding to me and with like their own vulnerability and these long these long email responses and I'm getting what I was looking for in this other way so I I'm seeing now that the truth of the apps is that they're just tools for something and you have to find out what you're trying to do and accomplish with them. So I no longer have Facebook. Um, I didn't log back into Twitter. I still do not have Instagram on my phone and I use a third-party app on my laptop to post to my business account because that's really what I noticed um, I, I, I still needed to stay in touch with was the business account on Instagram. But everything else I, I don't miss. Wow. Yeah. That's a, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't I don't use Twitter. I have an account, but I don't use it. Um but the others, yeah, Facebook and Instagram for sure. Yeah, I was using well, Twitter so- to kind of filter the news through people that I respected mm-hmm. and their opinions. And so like the news cycle this last month, I I was super disconnected. So, you know, I have to figure out how to do the thing I want without the scroll. And I'm working on it. I subscribe to the newspaper. <laughs> Like you suggested. I know. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, when I did that, when I, um, I just found that uh, blog post that I wrote from four years ago, it was oh. summer of 2014. And I was examining my social media and I was saying, my kid told me I was on Facebook too much. Uh-oh. I was always on Facebook, which was on my phone. And that's what he would call it four years ago when he was 11. Mm-hmm. And it was the year before I got sober. It was my year. I call it like my step zero. That year was like uh, figuring it out. And I wanted to take a break and I wanted to spend more time reading. And so I subscribed to the New York Times that summer for just every Sunday. That was like the biggest indulgence. It was Mm. so the whole day was spent with coffee and in my pajamas. And I (laughs) I would just like cut out picture um, illustrations that I liked and articles in the style section. Sandra was like, Oh, Oh, we get the times. We get it. Yeah. Yeah, We read it every Sunday. Uh, That's our Sunday morning thing. It's a lovely ritual. Yeah. Yeah. It's slow motion too. Cause the scroll is almost like how much can I absorb? How quickly can I go through the things? And with the paper in your hand, it is slow motion. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I um yeah, I, f- I find this, that very interesting. I um I did a lot of social media at the end of my drinking. I you know was you know the, that person that was on social media after everyone went to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know polishing off the bottle or opening up another one. And, and then when I first got sober, yeah, I was on social media a lot, but it's something that I find I can moderate. You know, I know that a lot of us are black and white with everything, you know, obviously including alcohol, but, um, social media is something I can moderate now. I think I was like you though. I, 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 I was full, full up. I was, could not absorb. It was like my sponge was full. (laughs) I couldn't absorb anything else. And, um, I really, you know, I had to make a conscious thing like, you know, so now I have like a, I have like a trigger that goes off in my head and says, you're scrolling. Yeah. Time to stop. And it's like a, a bell. And, um, so it, uh, you know, so then I stopped scrolling, but, um, I still enjoy some of the give and take of social media and, you know, I still find, um, it useful. Oh yeah. For connection. I find myself definitely seeking out people who are not using perfection as their brand, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's it's pretty common to see the the a reel right where people are the the perfect post the perfect photo the perfect life is their brand and i right just start deleting all of that and like it looks beautiful but like i want to talk about the real stuff i want to get into the shit and so i'm trying to be more intentional about who i let in to that space right yeah because we do have control over what's coming and yep. you know at us yep. and I think that was it um I wish I had more self-control Sandra with my phone but mm-hmm. over the years it's just grown and I think when I stopped this lot la- these last three and a half weeks it's been like uh I just dipped my toes back in yesterday and I um it already feels different though because I think my I'm being intentional we'll see what happens um but it just felt um I had, like you just said, like the, the faucet was on and it was all coming into me and I had nothing coming out there at the end. Yeah. And I think, I think that coincided with, um, you know, ending a big creative project and me just kind of being tapped out. Mm. So I just was kind of letting everything in from everybody else and it got overwhelming for me, but I don't know, just like anything, we can take a break. And I think that's what it's taught me. Oh yeah. Breaks with, yeah. Breaks with anything is, is a good thing. Yeah. So how how did you find your re-entry, Nikki? Um, well, since I left it all off of my phone, mm-hmm. uh, it's been okay. Like, mm-hmm. um, this third-party app is imperfect. It's a little slow. It's There's some hiccups. So there's kind of like this, uh, kind of like, ah, it's too, it's whatever. It's not interesting anymore. And it, I, my attention is easily shifted away from it. Okay. Yeah. What's so the, the third party okay. app? Flume. Flume. <laughs> and do you have to pay for it? Um, I there was a free version and then I paid for uh I paid for it because I knew that if it if it worked in the way that I needed it to work, then it would be the tool. It would be the thing. 
So I happily paid for it. Um, I yeah. think it was 10 bucks or something. One-time pay, one-time purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, so Love good. It. You know, it's day six, you know. It's <laughs> uh, talk to me again in a month or two, and we'll see. <laughs> oh, I will. We'll check in about this. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, there was um, – when we were chatting last week, there was a – we were chatting about the Facebook memory um, <laughs> feature Assholes. on Facebook. and. <laughs> And, you know, taking pictures of all of our cocktails and we talked about how back way back when that's what a lot of my feed was Mm -hmm. when I was drinking was look at this beautiful Manhattan out in the country on the back porch and the sun is setting. And what the fuck was I? (laughs) And you coined a phrase for this when we were talking about this. Oh, yeah. Remember what you said? Oh, I have no idea. What I say? You said, oh, the Facebook memories feature is is, uh, trauma bonding. Yes, trauma bonding. (laughs) Because everybody understands what it's like to receive the photo of like the morning after or the night out, and and it's like oh shit, there's proof, there's yeah. proof of it, and it's just this catalog. <laughs> I mean, when I deactivated my Facebook, it was like this. I was going through my photos to try and find if there was anything I needed to save that I didn't take. You know, someone else took a photo that I needed to have in my life. And I was scrolling, and I was like, oh, well, it's just a catalog of drinking. Hmm, okay. Mm. Bye. Mm-hmm. I don't need to save any of that. <laughs> yeah, especially when others tag you, right? When it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Why do you do that? Don't do that. Mm. <laughs> don't do that. Don't drinking photos. do that. <laughs> yeah, so the trauma bonding of, like, making it through the big party, surviving the, the hangover. It's like, ugh. Yeah. I don't want a trauma bond. <laughs> Yeah, I've had to unfollow, um, yeah, some people in my life just because of um, I wasn't getting invited to those parties anymore once I got sober. And it was really hard to see in the beginning that everybody was still going to have a good time without me, even though I didn't want to go, by the way. But (laughs) yep, (laughs) then I was bothered I wasn't invited. Yeah. Uh, And so I had to unfollow. And when I slowly started, you know, not seeing those things popping up, it helped like to kind of take some agency over what I was seeing too. Oh, no more FOMO. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's not that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I don't have a ton of FOMO. um, But, and we were talking about this, me and Natalie were talking about it because it's a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I can say I don't have it. I don't think I have it much. I don't know. We'll have to see if there's something comes up. <laughs> I have something else. It's called the joy of staying in. Uh, <laughs> I have that. I'm not I missing have... out because look at all these pajamas I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it the best now oh, just to man. be home and cozy and mm-hmm. catching up on your Netflix and books? and yep. Yeah preferred yeah well and i find too when i'm having fomo i just need to get out you know like maybe i'm not i don't want to be at that party whatever i'm they feel like i'm experiencing fomo over but i need to go somewhere i need to go to a book signing or i need to just get out and be social yeah it was a good that's a good reminder that there's this in-between place <laughs> it's, it's yeah not pajamas in bed or the all-nighter bar right club scene. right go to the bookstore go to the library or yeah i mean my my writing group serves that purpose or i need to go to an art opening or something you know i just need to be social be amongst the people mm-hmm 
Um, Nikki, we're going to be working on a project together. Um, we're going to be doing the women's circle with Natalie yeah. Fairbrook. Um, can you share a little bit of your part of what we're going to do with that women's mm-hmm. circle? It's going to be on October 20th um, at Soul Yoga in um, Santa Rosa from like 11 to 430. But when we met you, uh, me and Natalie and Sasha Corrales, we were like, oh, we want to hang out with her. Mm. We, 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 she's one of us. We want to <laughs> we chat with her. The magnets and were working. The magnets were working. And um, and so we asked you if you would join us for this women's circle and lead it. And you're going to be doing a really beautiful exercise, it sounds like. Would you mind sharing a little bit? Hey, Unruffled listeners. Just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced over a year's worth of content and have over a quarter million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing, you can be a patron of this show for as much as you'd like, even if it's just a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. Yeah, the Facebook women's group um, has kind of waned now that I'm no longer on Facebook. But I was facilitating um, women's weekends. I did, I call them summer camps. And we did one winter camp, like three nights um, away. And so I, I did a lot of like morning circles and activities and facilitated. And I really missed that. So this is a great opportunity for me to bring something that really... Um, I don't know, it resonated with a lot of people. It's uh, The Life-Death-Life Cycle by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. You might know her as the author of Women Who Run With the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, she's friggin' magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Life-Death-Life Cycle is kind of this, um, just this tool that you can use to kind of look at different aspects of your life and, and look at the energy that they are producing or consuming and kind of help you see the movement in places because just like a garden grows, things need to be um, born and then they die and they come back into the earth and then the seed sprouts and it's just this cycle. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about the life-death life cycle and we'll be in October. So there's kind of a little bit of um, autumn, winter seasonality to the conversation Um, and then we're going to be making little pocket altars little tiny shrines um, which is basically just a way to keep um, a phrase or word or symbol with you close Um, like a little collage um, decoupage kind of um, paper craft yeah I'm really excited I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So we get to spend the afternoon together and Nat's going to do yoga and meditation. And then I'm going to talk about um, morning rituals and uh, gratitude. And it's just, and then we're gonna have a little bazaar afterwards and sell some goodies that we make all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be really great. So thank you for agreeing to do that. We're very excited. Me too. Very excited. Sasha's like, um, she's opting out because she's going to be just coming back from um, her trip um, and promoting her film, Lenoria. So she's going to be a little tired and jet lagged. So she's going to be there. Um, she'll be there with us, but she won't be doing what she normally does. So we wanted to um, kind of keep expanding these circles and bringing people in and, you know, one of us opting out and inviting another person and just, you know, just to keep adding to the circle. And what do you make, Nikki? 
What tangible thing, what tangible thing do you make that you would sell at a marketplace? I wish I could somehow demonstrate the sound of a a paper scroll unraveling for the list. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Here we go. Okay. Let's do this. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, it's, it's funny because the conversation earlier about claiming the word artist and then having all this, these ways of minimizing um, I dabble. I wear I wear many hats. I do lots of things. It's because there's like some some hesitancy to claim really a lot. So I I kind of dance around in all these different hobbies. Um, I sew. I took some indigo dyeing classes. Um, I make jewelry. I do uh, beading and wire work. Um, I don't solder or anything. I, I would love to get into more metalsmithing. Um, my latest exciting endeavor is leather work, leather craft. I took a really amazing three-day class up at Mendocino Art Center with my mm-hmm. twin flame lighthouse um, sister, friend, aunt person. Um, and we we got really creative with leather craft in a way that's kind of rare. It's kind of being used as a canvas and that you carve. Um and it's funny, I wish podcasts had a way to like um, flash visuals so that <laughs> the thing that I'm talking about, someone could look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll find a way. The future well, yeah, is we now. Will. <laughs> and we then will. there's like just I'm I'm trying to get into watercolors because that's where my fear lies. So there's like me trying to move towards the thing that makes me uncomfortable. Um, I... I just, I have my hands in all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm like Mm. looking around my craft cave. I'm like, I have piles of fabric. I have tiny little disco balls. I have moss. Do you need moss on any crafts? (laughs) I have beads. I have wood things. I have signs. I have acrylic paint, glitter, gold foil, washi tape. Like, (laughs) like like I just want to like spray paint everything. And Mm -hmm. then, (laughs) you know, I just. Gold or silver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I understand. You get it. I think I have that. I totally get it. Yeah, but at my massage studio, I sell the jewelry that I make. I sell um, some of the leather stuff like patches and earrings. I'm I'm currently really enjoying making monarch butterfly wing painted leather earrings. With- I have a pair. Mm-hmm. Oh. I have a pair. Natalie bought a pair. Sasha bought a pair. I think probably Sasha's going to need a pair. No, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got them right here. Butterflies are my thing Ooh. for sure. Well, so you tool, so you tool the leather like like old school sort of tool belt, tool uh, yes. the belts and purses. So that we'll kind start. Of thing? Yeah, let's start there. That's that's tooling. Um, okay. And then if you kind of take that idea and you apply it to more of a fine art lens, um, where you can get like realism out of a leather piece. Imagine like a giant oval. Um, mm-hmm. and then a portrait or, Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So the, the teacher of the class does some of the most beautiful, amazing lifelike portraits in leather. Uh, and crazy. it's Whoa. just, it's friggin' gorgeous. And my jaw on the floor every time she makes handbags with like owls and gemstones and moonscapes and, and ferns. And it, it's just, I, <laughs> They're so juicy. Um, And so I'm starting out in this endeavor with kind of smaller work. But ideally, if I kept it up, I could be, you know, 
turning leather into kind of almost a ceramic. Um, mm. When it's wet, it's moldable like clay. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And then at the shop, I also sell herbal teas that I blend and essential oil blend and a face scrub that I made. And so I'm just, you know, I dabble. I dabble. Yeah, your studio. <laughs> so we're going to share all where people can find you later, but your studio is so adorable. It is just Thank you. like a little slice of heaven that That's you've made there. That's part of my creatrix. Like I create yeah. spaces too. Yeah, you can tell that it's made with such love. And you had a gathering there over the weekend that I couldn't attend because I was at a different gathering. <laughs> and I wish I could have because it just, I could tell like it was just going to be so lovely. Oh, thanks. And um, how, how was it? How was your your gathering, your it was, sober lady gathering? It was so good. Um, I mean, I'm starting to call it creativity um, ah. <laughs> afternoon or something where people bring something to do with their hands, like a coloring book or a journal or watercolors. Um, that's kind of the backdrop because for some reason it soothes the anxiety of getting together in a group. If there's this kind of activity, uh, mm -hmm. to, to come together. And then it was a tea swap where everybody brought a box of their favorite tea and we kind of tested out new flavors and talked about the tea we brought um, and just like every other time, there's a little bit of like, what are we going to talk about? And then we just, we just talk the whole time. We fill every moment <laughs> with chatting and laughter and that authentic, like deep stuff. We dive right into it right away. And it was a beautiful day and I have a fourth floor view <clears throat> in the Grand Lake neighborhood. And we just, yeah, it was just, just lovely, lovely. Mm -hmm. How many ladies were joined you? I was the sixth. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. And it, the space yeah. is perfect for just about that many people. Yeah, and the connection. Nikki and I have a connection, Sandra. Um, her wedding photographer <laughs> is a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and then her the the wedding photographer's assistant. Well, who is Paige Green, and then the assistant um, for your was it on your wedding? Was she the assistant? No, Laura Schneider. No, I met Laura through a photography play day at the farm. Um, oh, Windrush Farm. Yeah, I went up with my best friend for like a photography play day where they were just looking for subjects so that the photographers could play around. And um, I met Laura that day and she took some really beautiful photos. Um, and then we connected via social media. Mm -hmm. um, and then Laura came over and took a couple portraits of me in my studio. Yeah. And the web just keeps, you know, rippling mm -hmm. outward. Yeah. And Laura Schneider is who we're talking about. She just relocated to Nashville. Yeah. Um, but she took my, I was 18 months sober. She took some pictures and I was too nervous to share them. And then she took some pictures of me last year at around two and a half years sober um, with my gray hair growing out. And um, she just captured me in a way that was way more natural than the first time. I was, you could just see that I was more comfortable in my skin. Um, she's a phenomenal photographer. And so when I saw her name on your website <laughs> that she took your photo, I was like, oh, there's the connection of again. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's there. There's some talented women. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you... Um, one more thing. I don't know if this will spill into your three things, but we should probably be heading that way anyway with our conversation. But mm -hmm. um, when we were um, together last week, 
we were talking about being high maintenance. <laughs> Um, or that I'm not high maintenance or I'm high maintenance. Oh, we're no, just having this conversation at the table. <laughs> you're spot on. I'm super high maintenance. <laughs> so um, can you share why you think you're really high maintenance? Yeah. And in I, I want everybody to hear the like rebellious edge here to that phrase, because <laughs> I think uh, it's kind of interesting because it's part of my sobriety story is the cool girl. Mm -hmm. Um edge in high school and 20s where you kind of wanted the idea was to be low maintenance which really is code for I don't have needs I don't need anything mm. and what I'm realizing now and and kind of my work is revolving around what do I need what are my needs and speaking them and making them happen um, and those needs include a lot of silly little things that come together to maintain my wellness. Um, and so I'm very high maintenance. I'm not talking about, you know, hair and makeup and nails, although those things are really good too. Um, I'm talking about the coffee just the right way at the right time. I'm talking about getting my ass into like hot water whenever that need arises, a tub or a hot tub somewhere. Um, you know, I need to take these particular supplements every morning at the right time. I need to eat breakfast. I need to sit here for a minute without my phone. I need to read this book. I need to look my husband in the eye. I need to sit with my dog and my cats. I like, I have a lot of little needs that come together and it's a lot of work to maintain, <laughs> maintain this, <laughs> you know, this thing I'm doing. And it was a, weird road to get to that realization that I have lots of needs. Yeah. And that you can, you can honor them now, right? In yeah. a way that yes. maybe you didn't pay attention to before. I mean, we've, we've always done our things, but in a way to really, um, to, to give ourselves permission to do these things yeah. that we need so that we can kind of have this foundation for yeah. our days. And that's the conversation that's been happening the last couple of years around self-care, which has been such a buzzword. And, you know, at the surface, it does look like uh, kind of these shallow things, but mm -hmm. they do weave together to create like a deeper, it just fills a deeper place to have all the little things that you need in place every day, whatever that means for you. And... And doing the deeper digging of like, what do I need? What do I really need that I maybe have been ignoring or convincing myself I don't need or it, ha it has some other deeper meaning? Like, go go find out what you need. Yeah, and I could only do that um, when I cut out a bunch of noise, mm -hmm. you know. And because before I would like not eat breakfast, not drink water. Yep. Um, sleep almost as a almost as a punishment to myself, you know, yep. and be running and going and doing and being a martyr um, for it all too, and never kind of nourishing myself yeah. with anything, you know, other than happy hours and and kind of what I thought was connection, like the best way that I knew how mm -hmm. um, at the time, um, which I just kind of know how to do that different. I think all of us figure out how to do that differently once we're getting sober. Oh, when you know better, yeah. You do better. Yeah. Well, and I think you can add you can add an element of drama to either of those things, right? Whether you're high maintenance or low maintenance. Um, but I think that there's a way to do it 
you know, I think there's a way, I, I guess when I hear the word high maintenance, I think of someone that's overly dramatic mm. and, um, I associate those things together mm. <laughs> and I think that you can be high maintenance or you serve your needs, ask for what you want, um, without being a drama queen. Yeah. Well, well I'm that's... using the word maintenance here, like, like in the very real sense of like maintaining your car. Like, what is your, mm-hmm. what is the maintenance you're doing for your serving yourself? What kind of service are you <laughs> providing to maintain yourself? It's maintenance. Right. Like it's a daily tune up. And if it doesn't happen, like things start to fall apart. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, why don't I feel good? Oh, I haven't slept well in a few nights. Like, well, you need to maintain your sleep. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's high maintenance. Right. That's, that's what I'm trying to do is dig at the way that we've been saying high maintenance and maybe totally flip it on its head a little bit. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like it. No, because I always had a negative connotation to high maintenance. But when you said it last week, I was like, yes, I am high maintenance. Yes. But it's not high. In, in right, Sandra, it's not high drama. It's just, right. it is. It's just what yeah. is now. Like, mm-hmm. here's what I need to do in order to feel the way I want to feel. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot some days, but, but, but it, once you start integrating, right. Exactly. And for me, it's like, I've been doing things for so long for these last three or three plus years. And it's like, it's just part of me now. Right. It's yeah. just part of my, what my, what I do every day to just be. Um, but in the beginning it was, I had to really map it out and I'm remapping right now just because of my anxiety. I'm trying to figure out what the taking a hard look at like, what do I do and why? And is it serving me? Ooh, um, that's the juice at work right there. Yeah. And it's, but, but what Sandra just said here, just hit with me like, without the drama, like with, right. Just, it's just without the drama. It's just like, it's, um, I'm interested in myself in a way that I never was before. Like what to make, what makes me tick? What, what, what can I do to take care of myself? I never, that was never a thought before. Mm-hmm. It, it was, um, what can I do to have a party? What can I do to like, um, you know, how many people can we have over? What would look good? What would look yeah, good? Yeah, what would look really good? Yeah, I'm really taking a look at all of that. And even now it's, 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 that will be my life's work for sure. Right. Or like you said, neglecting your maintenance for mm-hmm. so long that you turn into like the smarter or, you know, you run out of the house towards traffic screaming because you've you're <laughs> you're given out. yourself an ounce of maintenance. Yeah. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. And that's a big part of, you know, when we talk about our toolboxes, like what do we have? What's in them? What, what it changes all the time for me too. It's not like I have this regular set of things. It has to shift. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has to shift. Yeah. That's something I realized uh, about my toolbox is that I had to allow for the flexibility um, of the tools to shift and morph and change over time. I could not become attached to the tools Mm -hmm. that, you know, my needs are going to keep changing and, and the different phases of sobriety, like early sobriety tools are way different than my tools now. Right. We had, we were talking with Susan Sainsbury recently on an episode and she, when she did her toolbox, she gave us three things from her early sobriety toolbox and Mm. three things that were working for her now. And I was like, Oh, that's true. They do shift. They change. That's why when we share, we're changing it every, every time we share, because there's something different that's working that week. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, 
Well, I guess we're at that point. Is there anything that we missed here that you were dying to share before we go to your toolbox or that we've really Ooh. forgotten to ask you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Mm-hmm. It's a no pressure. Question. <laughs> I mean, really, I could talk about anything forever right now, but um, I think the toolbox is pretty juicy and there'll probably be a little okay. bit more there. Great. Well, all right. Um, Sandra, do you want to share with our listeners what what a what our unruffled toolbox? Oh is? yeah. So at the end of every episode, we um, have our guests or ourselves share three uh, items in our toolbox. We call it our unruffled toolbox, and these are things that either pertain to sobriety, recovery, uh, or creativity, um, and they're things that just help us maintain. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> unruffled. Yes. Um, I just also want to be really clear that I'm super fucking ruffled. <laughs> I'm so ruffled, guys. <laughs> like we're just this episode's called Ruffled. <laughs> well, what what do you have to help you get unruffled then? What's what you, what's your go what's your number one go to on your list here? Well, you know, I, I feel like I have two two camps of tools and my rebellious streak here wants to give kind of this more esoteric answers a couple and then the more on the ground tools um which means do whatever you want oh yes that's (laughs) the right answer um my first tool is my most favorite it's my most used it's every day it's my privilege um and i my work right now is about is it revolves around naming that and owning that and having that conversation because my path to sobriety is paved. Um, we might all be going kind of in the same direction or to the same place, but I'm white, I'm educated, I'm cisgendered, I'm straight passing, I, I have thin privilege, we have a ton of financial privilege, I'm a citizen, I speak English, uh, you know, there's a lot stacked um in my favor on this path. And it's dangerous for me to talk about my tools and my path without naming that because there are people listening who are navigating all kinds of um, things that I'm not. And for me to say, oh, you just need to use this essential oil and your life will be better. It's dangerous to kind of not mention my privilege. So I I just really wanted to, to start with that place. Um, because my, my trauma story and my, my childhood stuff does live in the same place as my privilege. They don't negate each other. Um, they often work together. Um, so, you know, that, that's what I use every day is, uh, I'm not navigating really, really hard, difficult places. Um, my path is paved. Um, Mm -hmm. And the next tool that's kind of another esoteric edge is compassionate curiosity, which is kind of what you were just talking about, Tammy, like, like investigating your life. Um, yeah. Not really with, a, with distance, but kind of looking at it through a, a lens or something where you're, you're just kind of turning things over and you're, you're researching, um, you're observing you're um, kind of exploring the edges of something, wondering if maybe you've been here before. Um, and, and having that compassionate curiosity kind of turns down the judgmental voice, um, the, the shaming voice, the, the why are you feeling this way, or 
you know, maybe some old past voices judging you for having a conflict. Um, yeah, who do you think you are? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. allowing yourself to cultivate this curiosity for something, um, I don't know, it just, that was really important to me to kind of be this researcher of my own life and to follow the breadcrumb trail and to see, well, what, what's going on here? Let's Let's find out. Instead yeah. of, you know, yelling at myself for having the problem in the first place. Mm, I like that. Um, what else you got? Um, my actual tools include this website called My Noise. And I think it's maybe MyNoise.com. Have you heard of it? M-I-N-D? Mind at Noise? No, My Oh, mynoise.net. Okay. Okay. It is a noise generator, a sound generator website. Uh And it's made by this guy who has literally traveled the globe with very fancy microphones and (laughs) has recorded things in the natural world or uh, people doing people things or the inside of an airplane or an elevator or a laundromat um and you can uh, there's like i don't know 200 different sounds um you have throat singers from uh, siberia you have wind chimes you have a babbling brook you have whale sounds you have a thunderstorm you have uh, like it's just the catalog is massive and it's so well executed. This guy is a, an audiophile. He cares deeply about sound. And you can pull up several of them and create your own soundscape for sleep, for studying, for relaxing, for focusing, for watercolors, for leatherwork, for bodywork, <laughs> you know, for whatever your thing is. Um, and uh-huh. if you get a really good pair of headphones, um, that's privilege to be able to afford my Bose noise-canceling headphones, which are mwah, top shelf. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can pull up all these cool sounds and create your own landscape. And, and it's just... It's, I'm very impressed, basically, by what this guy has created. And so I paid... Uh, a donation to have access to some of the um, like preset things that he's um, created. Mm-hmm. And I think I just donated like 10 bucks because he's doing it for free. Mm. And nice. I, I just, everybody just go there and play around. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. I'll check it out. My son is looking for something to help him listen to while he does homework that's oh, not music. Yeah, you know, something, it. just some sound so he can focus. So yeah. that's really helpful. There's like a and, whole web corner of the internet where people talk about their favorite combinations of sounds. And if you turn this level up to the here and here, like, you know, you can you can interact with it in a very shallow way and just like, I'm going to play whale sounds. Or you can really dive in and, and get super creative with it. Mm. very cool thank you yeah check it out um and then my replacement beverages <laughs> uh-huh yeah <laughs> and, and that's definitely like early sobriety tool like um it became really clear that i i had built this super strong habit this physical habit of coming home and like making a drink um having a cold thing the bubbles, the straw, the ice, the, 
you know, especially in summer or after a long day or, you know, whatever habit I had built, I, I knew that I needed to kind of have the sensory experience of that or I just mm-hmm. feel like I was in this deprivation mode. Mm-hmm. So I filled my kitchen with shrubs and bitters and tonics and bubbles and like just a million kinds of tea and all the fancy honeys and I just kind of went apeshit over liquids <laughs> in the first uh, maybe six months the replacement beverages were huge and I that habit feels not not broken but I don't have that drive every day to do it but it is a way at least the the shrubs thing it's a way for the celebratory um, habit to still be maintained and to still feel like something is special an event is special um and I source my shrubs from a company here in Emeryville called Inna in a Jam. Um, and it's a small woman-owned business. They, like, go out and harvest the fruit themselves or they get it delivered within, like, 100 miles, 150 miles, small batch. They make jams and shrubs um, and flavored salt and marmalade. And it's just really high-quality kind of that special thing that I really was seeking. Um, and and it's so, in a I-N-N-A. Yeah, I-N-N-A. And you can order online and pay, I don't know how much shipping, but they ship in really good fancy boxes because the glass is fragile. Um, but I just go into the kitchen and directly pick it up and I can browse the whole selection. Uh, and some of the stores in the Bay Area will carry some of the items. Um, but the <laughs> shrubs are just, wow. So and good. okay, so define shrub, and then how is it different from a syrup or just muddling fruit? Yeah, so a shrub has vinegar. It's okay. sugar, fruit, and vinegar. So uh, okay, sh- a shrub has like that that tart vinegar bite to it. Uh huh. Um, but like a sh- like a syrup, you're only adding you know one part to four, five, six parts of bubbles. So you can right. dilute it however much you feel the need to, but it's kind of like a, a like a, a tart soda, an Italian mm, soda style. Got it. And you can mix a couple shrubs together or you can add your fruit or, you know, however you want to play around with it is, is the fun part. And there's ginger, lemon, um, plum, blackberry, quince, um, they have a lime there, one. Oh, the tomato one. Oh my gosh. The tomato was so good. It's, and I was very surprised. It's so good. Tomato. Yeah. Wow. It's basically like a bright, almost bloody Mary V8 kind of edge, um, mm. but really refreshing and it's super yeah. summer, summer feel. Yeah. It wasn't thick or viscous. It was like this beautiful, uh, it just was so light, but you had rose as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, that you brought and you brought, um, oh, apricot. the Meyer, the uh, apricot, you left Meyer lemon with me. Yep. Um, thank you very much. You're welcome. And it's just been enjoyable. And you said to put like a finger, like, right. Was it like a finger of, I mean, it, you, do you, it, you know? it depends. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it really, and it really we, helped me kind of have that that habit of that physical habit that sense memory Um, Mm -hmm. because really if I thought about it that's 80% of the what I was doing 
Oh, right. Was a ritual. The the actual act of it. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And and then I like the taste of apple cider vinegar. We've talked about Mm -hmm. that before. Some people can't do it because it just it it just triggers too much of an alcohol taste for some people. But not for me. I like the taste of apple cider vinegar, and I'm I use it a lot with just lemon or lime and soda. It's like my favorite. Yeah, these shrubs apparently can also be used as salad dressings and like they're they're sweeter than just a plain vinegar but i i still Mm -hmm. have yet to explore that edge there's more more cooking creations to come i think around (laughs) that yeah they were delicious really good thank you yeah and And we mixed them with club soda yep just bubbles yeah Yeah, preferred bubbles. bubbles Um, And one of the other huge replacement beverages was tea. I had a specific blend that I uh, drank every night before bed, like literally in bed to Mm -hmm. just knock my ass out because that was the other habit was I was um, trying to quiet the ruminating, anxious, spinning thoughts before bed. Um, And those quieted down after some time, but early sobriety, you know. There's a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. There's a lot of noise. Mm. Yeah. So what's your last mm. one? Um, or is that your last one? I, that might be my last one. That's although good. there's an app that maybe I could mention. Um, it's called What's Up. I do not know if it's available outside of the iPhone world. Um, I have it on my iPhone. And it's basically like an app for anxiety. And panic attacks, Mm. if you know anybody who's been dealing with that lately. I will let someone know. Yeah, a friend of a friend. friend. Mm -hmm. Um, It has a lot of things in the app, but I tended to seek out the grounding exercises, the kind of emergency mode where you, the screen asks you to look for these five things around you. Um, Mm -hmm. so as you look around and find the five things that are blue, you check the stars off and then the next screen that comes up and it says, now look for five things that are soft and you look for five things that are soft. So it's, it's just this little moment of like here now come back. I think you shared this with me. Maybe I Uh, did. Maybe when we met, um, a month or so ago I think I think you did yeah and there's a lot of other things in that app but that tended to be the one that I would go to the most because sometimes the noise would get really loud and I just needed to be brought back right Um, well thank Mm. you for so many great tools today this is awesome thank you I um, very good ones I just also wanted to like specify that my sobriety is actually a tool Mm. um Drinking was a tool yeah, to try and fix this other thing, these other deeper things. And now sobriety is the tool that allows me to do the deeper work, the, the harder stuff, the more painful stuff. Um, but, you know, being sober allows me to do that work in clarity and allows the work to stick. So sobriety is actually the tool you know we all know once you get to a certain point that the not drinking is just the beginning yeah (laughs) right yeah right it's your way in it's your way in to do some deeper work for sure yeah or that's at least been my experience yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
Oh, well, Nikki, where can people find you? Because uh, you're so lovely. I know everybody's going to want to know more about you. Aww, and you have a stunning website. Did you build that yourself? I did. I created <sighs> it. Of course you did. Everybody uh, needs to go check out Nikki's <laughs> website because it is stunning. Oh, boy. Now I'm going to have to track all my traffic, like social media <laughs> likes, and just fo- follow the numbers. Um, <laughs> so tell people where they can find you. <laughs> my website is starsalignbodywork.com. Stars Align Bodywork um, is the name of my business. And, you know, I, I don't really care if you find me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, if you oh you know what I, I switched my private account to private my personal okay. account to private it was public and my business account is the same same name stars align bodywork um, so if you feel like you want to stay connected in that way that's totally um, welcome um, and like come come get a session come chat it up with me and hang out in my cool shop and and especially if you want some support in your sobriety, because body work really helped me. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm bookable online. You got to get your booty to open, but yeah. I swear it's nice down here. I will. I've been I've been I've been thinking about it, and I've been wanting to do it. It's uh, it's always for me the driving and the traffic, but I'm getting better at that too. So well, um, you know, driving and traffic is the preferred way to come out of a massage is to just sit in traffic <laughs> and like rage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll come on a quieter traffic day. That's what I'll do. Yeah, so. I'm also like really interested in in bringing my massage chair to events and a sober get together or a sober Ooh. event somewhere. I would love to set up my chair in the corner and do chair massage because that's kind of, I think, a safe way for people to test drive a therapist yeah. is to just do 10 minutes with, you know, clothes on in a room and they can get up and walk away if they don't want it. And there's, there's less, you know, less buy-in. You can just test drive me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, see, I see this happening in the near future. Okay. Nikki. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thanks for hanging in there with all of our sound issues yeah. and all of that. Yeah, and, you thank know, you. hopefully the listeners aren't going to hear a thing. It's all going to flow and just be lovely. They're I'm like, sure what issues? What talking mm-hmm. about? No issues. So good. Yeah. Thank you ladies <laughs> for inviting me. I'm honored. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much. So nice talking to you, Nikki. Mm. Have a good Bye. Day. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.